This week, we become the anime podcast of miracles. And I elevate my game and enter the zone. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we are adding to your ever-growing list of sports anime. We twist-served our way through Prince of Tennis. We joined the Devil Bats and smashed through Ice Shield 21. This time we take on basketball, a sport where height and bulk are king. You know, what Japan is known for. <laughs> We're going to discuss the hyperactive, testosterone, and sweat-fueled anime with a super-subdued main character, Kuroko Nobasuke, or in English, Kuroko's Basketball. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this show? If Steve Nash was Japanese. <laughs> this is With the like Steve same Nash story, <laughs> except in Japan. <laughs> an a under-talented, <laughs> undersized player who will somehow become a Hall of Famer because he makes the people around him better. And eventually he gets like a reference in a Nelly Furtado song in Promiscuous Girl. <laughs> Take the board like Kuroko, promiscuous girl. <laughs> so yeah, this week we are talking about the show Kuroko no Basuke, Kuroko's Basketball. Uh, one of the things you may have noticed in the actual title screen was that uh, there the, the anime was originally called The Basketball That Kuroko Plays, but because I think they wanted to give you the idea that like it's not just Kuroko's, he's like his literal basketball that he holds with him all the time. Like, you know. Tommy's balloon or whatever it's, right. it's literally telling you like this is how Kuroko plays basketball and it's special and all that stuff so I think for now Kuroko's basketball is fine Kuroko no Basuke is great uh but this show is actually really high on the list of a lot of anime lists that that speak about top sports anime right um it's uh we'll just kind of give you also a, a heads up uh the anime the manga started in 2008 and ran all the way to 2012, and the anime came out in 2012 to about 2015. It is completed, um, and so back to the list. It's ranked number third overall in the top sports lists by my anime list. Ranker has it at number two overall for top anime list. Um, and at the end of the show, we're gonna work on the most important list of all: your list, Garrett, on t and whether or not this one is on the top of your sports list so far. But we're gonna save that to the end. Uh, one thing that I thought is really funny is that normally, Garrett, you say, Kyle, when I watch anime, I want to watch it on Netflix. I don't want to watch it on Crunchyroll. I don't want to watch it on – I'm okay with it on Hulu, but, like, they're all terrible interfaces right. still. And this show is one of, like, the big releases that are going to come out in 2021. So if I waited, like, two weeks, we could have made this show, and you could have watched it on Netflix. So it's right. a really high-ranked show. But before we begin on what's it all about – what did you what are your what are some initial impressions? What did you think of this show? Uh well, let's we're we're talking sports anime. Right. So the inner monologue returns. You're correct. It's all in, in inner narratives. Yeah. Right, because while you're playing, no one's talking to one another, but people are constantly thinking and having exposition while while something's going on, right. and, and so there's a whole lot of that. Right. Um however a lot of other anime, and this probably has to do with age, a mm. lot of other sports anime is very big on the still screen mm. with the inner monologue behind it. This actually had much more movement 
right. in the previous animes. Uh, and that probably just speaks to, again, when it came out, the advancement of animation mm-hmm. in that time. Like, I think iShield 21 is much older. I know yes. Prince of Tennis is much older. Yeah. So, so I think they were able to make the action a little bit better on this go-around. Yeah, long gone are the days of, like, the nine square... You know, zoom in like be like a prince of tennis. <laughs> like now right. we have like you literal you have individual sweat droplets coming off of people and the lighting is really good. So yeah, right. I think I agree. I think this this show really benefits from the time it came out. I can imagine what it lo- would look like if it came out in 2020. And imagine if there was a CGI version oh, of this. <laughs> it would be terrible. Uh but yeah, this show is is really interesting. Um it I think it's it kind of teeters the line of not going too cartoony like mm-hmm. like i shield 21 but it also adds the shonen flair that you right. like out of sports anime like you know right. so I- when, you, when you talk about i shield 21 and like the the cartoony uh one thing i was wondering is be- because no one at the time of release really knew american football in yeah. japan i shield 21 had to do all these cut scenes explaining yeah. the rules of the game basket basketball since the early 90s in particular because of the dream team yeah. has been a more international sport. All these countries have their own leagues. So at first thought I was like, Oh, is there going to be a lot of rule explaining? And I'm relieved to find out that there isn't because there's a lot of assuming that the audience knows already enough does that game. stuff already. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of what, like references to like the dream team, basketball, famous basketball players. And I think basketball lends itself to the fact that it doesn't requ- have as many rules as like tennis and football. Oh, yeah. Does. It's pretty simple. Shoot ball. Don't hit your opponent and put the ball in the hoop. <laughs> put the ball in the hoop and make sure you dribble. Like, I think, I think that's right. literally it. Um, so, yeah. So, let's talk about the conceit of the show, what it's right. all about. And I yep. think it all starts with how every show intros. It explains the generation of miracles. <laughs> this is so lame. <laughs> About like quite literally a middle school basketball team yeah, right. in wow. one town in Japan. Like let's 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 ease up a little bit, folks. Right. So the generation of miracles was a starting five at a middle school who somehow had over a hundred members in the basketball club, and yet only these five started. Meanwhile, any roster is like thirteen people, but fine, yeah. you've got a hundred people in your club. Yeah. And there's five starters, and they win three championships in a row. They are unbeatable. And yet somehow, I don't know anything about the Japanese educational system, they get split up into five different high schools. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, yeah. But our lead, Captain Boring Kuroko, was on that team, but he wasn't one of the starting five. He was the sixth man. And like many sixth men, He's an unsung hero, except unlike many six men. Like the movie Six Man, where the is dead. He's so unimpressive that the other team can't see him. And we don't know about him. He is this mysterious, they call him the Phantom Sixth Man. And it does remind me of the movie Six Man, where I believe that the basketball player was dead. And <laughs> like they had a ghost play. Yes. <laughs> So it was yeah. one of the Wayne, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was oh, the Wayne's movie, yeah. Right, right. So Sean Wayne's was the better player, and he died, and he got into Marlon Wayne's body and made him good enough to to play. Got it. I, I 
So yes, yeah, so only a step above. So it now that we've set up the premise that these godlike creatures, like like the the show Dragon Ball, the wish has been made, the miracles disperse all over Kanto, Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, and now they're all in individual schools and they're no longer on the same team together. Uh, and so our main focus that we have on this show is the high school, Saren High School. I'm really bummed because none of these schools have have uh, mascots. It's just right. the name of the school. I wish it was like the Saren Devil Bats or the, you know, the Cupids. And they all had like their individual sure. mascots and made them sure. look a certain way. But no, alas, that wasn't to be. Um, so let's talk about Saren. Talk about what we learned from the first episode specifically about the... Yeah, the so Saren is a brand new high school. Brand new private school, yeah. Right. So it's been open. This is, I believe, the second year that it's been open. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they didn't open it in all four... So so say it's four years of high school. Is high school four years in... I would say, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I say, think, okay. Say it is four, four years, years, but your fourth year is less about going to class and more about college prep and like cram okay well say it's say it's four years yeah instead of having anyone who wanted to come sign up and staff out all four years yeah it seems like they basically started with a freshman class yeah that freshman class is now sophomores or second years yeah and the leads in our show are in the new freshman class the new first year class so whereas another school might have uh players on the team or classmates who are two years older Right. Uh, it's essentially just them and one-year-older players. One thing to note, so every time we talk about these players, their stats, their abilities, their their overall demeanor and, and, and physiques, they're all 16 years old. I will state that. When you see pictures, they're all 16 years old. This right. is Prince of Tennis level, like, disparities right. between what a 16-year-old right. actually looks and, like. And, and they're coached, this, this team of ragtag players, not yeah. ragtag, they're... They, this is not a story about, about a complete underdog. Team. They're not little giants. Yes, exactly. Okay? They had. They actually. Giant, it's not Devin stuff. Sawa coming in and doing the annexation of it's Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it. These this team actually had some success, and so now they're just trying to buffer up their team because they want to make another run at right. it. But going back yeah. to the bodies that you're talking about, this team actually has, and this surprises a lot of people it has a female student coach named rico aida yeah and she's also i believe a second year but she's really good at assessing talent because she grew up around her father who is a professional sports trainer right but it's highly awkward because she literally judges every man with her eyes and like <laughs> calculates the, the stats on the muscle and then one of the first people that we're introduced to is sort of the second lead of the show yeah. and he so jacked that all she sees is like heart emoticons yeah, all yeah, this over is, his body. This is something I had to put a pause on. I made sure I put a specific spot in her show notes. So the the rating system, as you said, like she scans them and there's pictures and like right. Her rating system doesn't make sense. It's four digits or something. Yeah. Let me read to you some of the ratings. I had to write them down because they made <laughs> me laugh so hard. It's like literally like this woman rates her people in Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. So. So Tyga, who we will talk about later, is he's like the top player that comes through Saren. He is his umbrella is three frog heads. His sparkle is three thumbs up. His running cupids are four and a half. His star is 34 seconds. I didn't know how to do it. It was like colon 34. 
and his left pec is rated at 98.12, while his left pec is rated at 81.95. I don't know what she was rating or what that means, but she's like, oh my god, you're off the But it's side. meant to seem really analytical. She's like the sabermetrics of Japanese basketball. But like with the brain of like a Lisa Frank folder. Like... <laughs> So it was, I'd like, I'm like, your rating system doesn't make sense. And I'm glad we, you, you caught it too. I was like, what is she, what is she saying that I'm not? And all right, it's not like she's being like analyzing the muscle and being like, well, his vertical leap would right. be, you like, know. What you, I was thinking like combine numbers. Like this guy has this arm length or this, like the numbers and the symbols, like, what are we doing? So we, so, we but, opened up to Sarin trying to get more people in their team specifically right. to bolster the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and two new freshmen show up. Talk me right. through who these characters are. Right. So it, it was very much, um, you know, I know I went to community college and then I went out to UConn and, and, or, and New Paul. So I never directly experienced this, but they were kind of having like a club fair on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot because it, your club sports are really important and they're trying to like recruit. And right. Like, so so everyone's on campus like the first day and there's all these tables set around like that meme who the guy who's like, prove me wrong and drink. Yeah. <laughs> there's the libertarian section of the <laughs> Japanese clubs. <laughs> and and so the focus is, of course, on the the – the basketball club, which is somehow hard to recruit for. Yeah. They get two players to sign up. And the first one, well, the first one that we see yeah, is a character named Kagami Tega. Yeah. He is a beast. He is. A he, they're trying to make it seem like he's like six foot two. Again, Japanese. <laughs> a Japanese man. A Japanese man. Fixing your boy. Sorry. Boy. We, we shouldn't call him man. He's a boy. He's a boy who's like six foot two, really hates the Dixie Cup that the tea they give him is in. Because he's like, I came to play basketball and that's all I care about. And, a, and when he signs his name to join the club, they go, what? You don't want to put down a reason? He's like, I just want to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws a perfect like hook shot of, our, of his cup into the garbage. But, but this introduces us to sort of the, the crux of the whole show and our lead yeah. character, uh, Kuroko, because um, Rika says, wait a minute, we had two people sign up today? I thought we only had one. Wh- yeah. Where did this other application come from? And again, you're introduced to this blue-haired character, Kuroko, who is like meek, tiny, understated, and he signed up and he was so underwhelming that they forgot that he was even there to sign up and on his form it said i was here the whole time which is honestly <laughs> which is honestly creepy to put on any form <laughs> imagine you have a loan application and it's like it's like signed kyle p.s i was here the whole time <laughs> so yeah yeah we get we get host to kuroko the like kind of invisible man right and who's so unimpressive that people never notice that he's there Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's talk, let's talk to the main characters. We got Taiga, um, which is kind of funny cause his name is like, kind of like Tiger, but, um, cause they said like, he's first just like a Tora Tiger and his actual name is Taiga. But, right. um, so one thing about this show is, and that we'll learn later is that the characters are names are important in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically Kagami, uh, is, uh, means mirror. So it means he reflects light onto him. He's like very, and so there's a lot of like light and darkness as a That's theme. Deep, for Kyle. That's deep. 
And Kudoko, the Kudo in his name means black, right. like shadow, because he now wants to be the shadow of the character. Right, which it's interesting because before we get into the other characters in the show, we've got the the coach, Rika. We've got uh, Kudo, I'm um, sorry, um, <laughs> uh, Kuroko, and we've got Taiga. And that's really the focus for like, Four right. episodes, and like they, we have we have the rest of the cast, which we'll talk before, but they're kind of not really important to we really. Well, see yeah, show. because it takes until like halfway through their first game when these two players are basically ignoring the rest of the team, and then all of a sudden, given like, names and introduce like, all that. Let's introduce the rest of the team. We've been playing this whole time. Let's forget about these people. And it's true, and like you get to know a little bit more about them and what their their deal is. But, yeah. but yeah, as you said, the crux of the show is on Kuroko and Taiga. That's that's what the thing show is about. Right. So they get into the thing, and uh, we learn that Kuroko says he played at the same school on the same team, mm-hmm. and he and he actually was saw playing time with the Generation of Miracles. Right. I'm gonna do that every time. And <laughs> and they're like, what? This guy was like on the famous team with the famous boys. What the right. heck's going on? And Kagami's like, I'll show you. Like, I didn't know anything. But that's another thing we know about Kagami is that he actually lived in America for a long time. So he actually like knows basketball on the American level where it's like really competitive. And there's like a lot of, you know, kids who come out of high school go right to, right to you know, the right. NBA and stuff like that. Like it's that serious. Um, so... He, he doesn't know much about the Generation of Miracles, mm-hmm. so he decides to, like, I'm going to face this, this Generation of Miracle kid, and I'm going to take him out. And so they have their first game, and what we find out is that Kuroko kind of sucks. He's not, he's not good at basketball. <laughs> All right, and, and Ty is like, are you kidding me with this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know that the words he uses, like, you are depressingly bad. <laughs> and he goes, I, I, like, take it from me, kid, you just... Quit basketball. Quit basketball. You're never gonna do it. You're never gonna, it. You're never gonna make it, Joe. And so <laughs> we get to uh uh learn about the the, the game over time, but mm-hmm. uh that is where we meet our first game. So they so they well the first thing they do is they make them go onto the top of the uh the school mm-hmm. and they make them exclaim their their goal for the it's year. kind of like a gentle hazing of sorts it really is yeah right so so rika brings her team up to the top or the first years and as you said they have to proclaim the goals for the year because she says there's there's no maybes there's no probablys mm-hmm. it's you have to know what your your dreams and aspirations are right. and that's the ultimate goal and if you don't yell it out to everyone then we're gonna like I don't, what was if it you like? Don't meet your goal. The girl you love. Yes, you have to be naked and exclaim your love for your your favorite girl in school. Right, and that is quite some stakes for this for this show. Right. So and uh, so Tyga immediately he steps up and he screams out and he's like, "I'm going to be the best basketball player in Japan. We're going to win the championship. That's it." Yeah. And the red and there's three other freshmen who we don't care about for the most part. And right. they're like, you know, one's like, I want a girlfriend, and one's like, and one had like a really long diatribe, and she's like, next, and like punches him out of the way. So, and the croak was about to say his goal, but then they get in trouble for it. Right. And again, she doesn't realize he's there, and he he goes, uh, I really don't like to yell. Do you mind if I use this megaphone? And there's this line where she goes, Where'd you get that? <laughs> 
like you came to the roof of the building. How did you know that you were going to need a megaphone? So that leads me to the next thing of the, before we get into like the actual basketball is what did you feel about that gimmick? Right. The gimmick of Kuroko is you can't tell he's there. There's always a lot of like, like spit takes when they see him. I think Tyga almost choked on a cheeseburger three times over the course of the several episodes. So what did you think about that gimmick? Did it get old? I found it very amusing. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Good spit takes are funny. Yeah. Um, As we got into the playing, I I got a little bit more like, eh, (laughs) you know, like, because I get it. There there are people that just blend into the crowd. They're not invisible, Mm -hmm. but they're nondescript. And right. they don't draw attention to themselves. They're probably would be really good at being spies. Right. Because, you know, they... Or assassins. Right. They don't draw attention to themselves. Right. So, you know? so, so I get that there are people with those qualities. Right. Exactly. I think for, for the purposes of the show, the, the humor of Kuroko... Because Kuroko is kind of like... He's a coup today. He's a, like a... You know, everything's flat. There's nothing that like... He never goes high or cold. Like, even when he's upset, he's always at the same level. So mm-hmm. you need that kind of, like, humor that's exclusively his to, like, laugh at him. And I think that's the point of the gimmick. Um, and it apparently makes him an effective basketball player because in the middle of their first practice, before they go on to their practice game with the Kaijo High School, they mm-hmm. run into the first generation of boy by the name of Kisei Ryota. Uh, so tell me about, uh, Kisei, uh, Garrett. He is a blonde model. He's a handsome. You know, those famous Japanese blondes. You know, those blondes. But here's the thing. When you see the colored hair of everybody else in this show, you'd be like, eh, blonde's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, one's got green hair, one's got red hair. Like, you're just like, blonde I can deal with. Also. Genetically possible. Too many of these players are wearing their reading glasses on the basketball court. Right. Because you if know it, that if you needed glasses on the court, you'd be wearing those Horace Grant-ass goggles. Uh, like, Rex Specs. Garrett, you're talking about Rex Specs. And yes, I also had Rex Specs as a kid when I played basketball. And it just, like, it would press your eyes so hard. You looked like, you know, like, you look like you were, you know, in a, like in one of those zero-G machines as it, like, pulled your face back. You were and being birthed remember- out the back of a rhino. <laughs> yes, exactly. And... Yeah, yeah, they, they have no problems wearing their glasses willy-nilly. Didn't even have croquis for the... Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you don't wear your glasses playing basketball, how can you do this? Yeah, that's how you know that you have a plan. You yeah, gen- like- gently, pr- <laughs> gently pressing them up the bridge of your nose to imply some diabolical plan. While the light hits it just so much that you can no longer see the pupils. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's agreed. I think, I think that was... that's a. The, mm-hmm. Probably the hard, the hardest thing to swallow in this show was the fact that people's glasses stayed on. Right. Uh, so, but, so we meet we meet Kisei Ryota, and yeah. he hacks he actually comes to Saren, the high school that Kuroka mm-hmm. and and Taiga are at, to scout them out. Yeah, and, and because he knows uh, Kuroka, and he he has a nickname where he calls him like Kurochi. Kurochi, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he likes to add chi. He, anybody he likes or acknowledges, he gives a little chi ending to their name. So you'd be right. Kurochi and I'd be Kaichi. And, and he comes sort of knowing that Kuroka has his valuable skills that we yeah. have yet to really learn about. But he's also like very, he like negs them very hard. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah. And he, and he wants, because he wants Kuroka on his team. He's like, I, I see 
value in you as a player. I don't know why you came to this dumb new school. Why don't you join mine mm-hmm. and you can uh, and you can make me better and all that stuff? Because apparently, like he's a right. good he's a good player. And and Kuroko, you know, in his pure coup de day heart, it was like, no, I promised Taiga I would stay with him and like that kind of stuff. Right. So. Well, and, and there's there's a loyalty there, but one thing we kind of skipped over this relationship between Taiga and Kuroka is in that match when uh, Taiga says, you're garbage, you're disappointingly bad, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever he said to him, um, he said, I don't have any tolerance for, for weak people, weak basketball right. players, and my goal is going to be the best in the world or the best in Japan. Yeah. And Kuroka somehow being inspired by this says yeah you will be and i'll get you there right and he says i want to be your shadow i want to be the shadow to your light Mm -hmm. so that as you said with their names even Mm -hmm. their names clue into light reflection and shadow right Um, so the idea is that which is crazy about the show is that the main character isn't really the focus of the show right he is actually there to elevate this other player who is kind of the deuterogenist of the show. And I think that's a pretty interesting. He's just, he's just chucking balls to Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Yep. He's K. like, he's like, Hey Jordan, let me be your Pippin. You know what I'm saying? That's he's like, yeah. like, cause you're honestly, if you need to be true, it, there would not be a Jordan if there isn't a Pippin, right? Like you need that. Like every good basketball player needs a second person. Who's going to like, elevate their game to the next level they're right. going to be that steph curry has his players you know like everybody has a second person that that's just perfect at assisting them and so that's essentially what we're going to learn over time we get to a we, we they go to the school and the school is just nagging them even further like we're only going to use half the court right because he's invited them to play a practice game right and the, the so they're going to do a practice game so this is, these are no stakes at this game this is the first game you watch uh, in the show, and they're like, and we're not even gonna throw Kise in there because you guys are garbage. We're gonna run. Don't let us go triple score on you, uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, negging them really hard. And uh, they show they're not gonna be pushovers because not only is Taiga is an exceptional basketball player, but Kuroko has his own special ability. Garrett, walk me through that. Uh, he's essentially like a ghost. <laughs> his, yeah. his he he finds a way because he's not quick. Yeah. Again, there's nothing – it's not like, oh, well, he can't shoot, but he's quick. Right. Or he can't play offense, but he can play defense. He is kind of like a worse version of Magic Johnson in that he can insert himself into a play and yeah. do an absurd no-look pass. Right. And redirect a ball to a place where the defense didn't think it was going to go, which yeah. then allows his team to score. He is an exceptional passer. So his steal is that he is an exceptional misdirection passer. He does sports magic, essentially. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like sports magic, you know, as we do our, our, our spirit fingers. And also, you know, and here's the thing. He's not the only one with a special ability because apparently Kisei is like, you know, uh, what's her name from, from uh, X-Men, uh, Mystique. And then he can yeah. copy people exactly. Right. So any move you show at him, he can do better. He does it exactly and better. It's just annoying. Yeah, I, I and so that's where it gets into like the we kind of teeter into the sports anime rule of like it's not so much that it's physically impossible or that's superhuman, but every person has to have like an exceptional kind of like ability that makes kind of yep. sense. And we'll kind of go over those moves in a little bit, but like that's his jam, right? He's the, like the copycat. He's there to ch- right. do your move and better. 
and but he's also the weakest of the miracles, all that stuff. Um, and so we we learned that Taiga and Kuroko is a one-two punch. They are really good, and um, they're the first people that show Kisei uh, give him an L. You know, they're like, you know, I'm just going to deal your first L. But but they this game which they drag out over like two episodes, right? Right. This practice game, they they come up with some of like the most like absurd concepts where um so for the first quarter they do the their little dog and pony show where taiga is hyper aggressive and dunks everything yeah and kuroka is doing his magic passes right Uh, but he gets tired and so they have to like come up with like a new shtick right new shtick and then finally when the game ends and it's like 98 points to 98 points and they're like we have to finish it because we can't go into overtime because we don't have the strength to go into overtime uh kuroka goes i have one more move but it will only lurk work once because he cannot copy it and he's like it's a it's a buzzer beater and of course you can only do that once a game (laughs) yeah it's the last it's the last thing of any game it's like yeah yeah, you could yeah, and it was it was an alley oop. And then and then when he throws the alley oop up, they're like, Oh my god, Kuroko shot it. No, he didn't, it was an alley oop. Uh uh Kisei jumps up to try and block it, and Taiga just keeps getting higher. And and Kisei's inner monologue with like, like his ass was like Ben Stiller and along came Polly with like the fuck like he's just getting uh right. and he's like, How does he keep jumping higher? I see his light. Ah! <laughs> yeah, so it's really good. I, I, you know, the inner monologues make serves a purpose. It gives conflict and mm-hmm. stakes where really it's just a, it's just a practice game. So yep. I appreciate that for what it does. Um, so that's the first game you watch. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a little pause to talk about what we do with all sports anime is to see if the rules that I've made up for sports anime okay. still hold true with Kuroko no Basuke. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rule one, it follows an underdog story. Yes, because even though he was one of the... Um, generations of Miracles. Yeah. Generations of Miracles. He is the unsung hero that no one knew about. Like Even when they had like Sports Illustrated for kids come and interview this team they forgot to interview him. Right. They're like, they just didn't meet me because I'm right. So even though he was on that team, he is uh, an underdog for sure. So that's, yeah, I, I, I put him. It's I only a two year old school. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new school. They're none of them are like really exceptional. Tig is exceptional, but they say like, he's kind of like a minus compared to everybody else. Um, you know what he is? He's like a, a rough mold of clay. He has yeah, very been, rough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is they find out that they have one skill that they're superior in. Yeah, I mean, because... <laughs> that's, one, that, that's a check if I've ever saw one. So yeah, far. because once we... Remember we joked about how we only know about those two and then we're eventually introduced to the other five? Yeah, yeah. Well, they each, like, have the thing that they do. Right, exactly. One of them plays exceptional defense, and they've never heard him speak. Yes, that's his thing. He's the six foot. He's six foot ten, and he can't. No, six foot eight. I think they made him, and he can't speak, which I thought was wild. Um, yeah, and I, I would say so. Like his thing is that he's 
he's is, so that kind of like feeds the underdogness. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, Kuroko is not exceptional in anything, but he's exceptional in passing, and he uses his weakness to his benefit. The same thing like when we watched Ice Shield Twenty One. He's kind of a goober, and because he was such a gopher escaping bullies all the time, it made him an exceptional runner, and that's what made him right. really good as a running back. So it's, it, you know, we're starting to see a pattern here, right? Mm-hmm. Third rule. Sports anime is spoken exclusively through internal monologue and external observers. Is that true? Not the whole show, but yes, a, a large the portion game. of it. Particularly all gameplay. Yeah, all gameplay is all exter- internal monologues and external observers. There's not, right. because they want you to get that aha moment, like when they figured it out. It's like, they have a weakness when they say at the same time. And then like, that's when you start to realize it's like a chess game of right. the mind. Right. Uh, third, fourth is love stories are non-existent. So far, six episodes in on my part. It's basically all about them sports. Uh, the next one is all movement is almost superhero slash super powered in appearance. Now I would say that it's more visual cues than it is superpowers. Like when okay. he does like special passes, it kind of like lasers. Yeah. 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 It kind of makes, but it's more of like a, that's more of a visual cue. He like bends it like Beckham. When right. He and does. when you get later in, it does like make dunks look really like, like an air current follows the basketball. <laughs> and like, or like, you know, and like one thing you think of like, but when someone gets in the zone, like yeah. their eyes start to shoot lightning bolts out of their eyes and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So because pretty. early on, it's pretty, you know, when you dunk, you dunk with force and, and Tyga does pull the rim down at one right. of the gyms. But uh, it was a little more direct, at least in the beginning. Right, exactly. So, uh, and the last one, and then I'm sure there's more, is characters are one-dimensional and are meant to fit a specific part of the sport. I.e., this guy is really good at catching. This one's really good at doing this. This one's mm-hmm. really good at shooting. Like, I, I, I think they're trying to build Taiga to be a more well-rounded player. Like but, an all-rounder, yeah. But all of the supporting cast yes absolutely 100% are so it seems like my the rules that i've created that are completely arbitrary that i've just noticed from watching the sport is 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 surviving and so that works for me yeah um so then eventually you know we're, we're well, there's another sport game. all right garrett so let's talk about the generation of miracles so we're going to start with the first one we already talked about kisei uh, one thing to note about the generation of miracles that i think people will notice is that every person has a color associated with them um, I guess you can guess what Kisei's color is because he's blonde. His, the yep. key is the same as Kiyodoi, which means yellow. Okay. Um, and so he's the, his color is yellow and all that stuff. Um, he's the copy guy. Um, but then we get introduced to another character who like was drinking bean soup out of a can on, a, on the back of a thing. It was really weird. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Making his teammate rickshaw him to, to see this game. So that's Shintaro Midorima, who is the the glasses player of the of Generation of Miracles. He's the he is the three point shooter. He is the never miss accurate outside the rim, you know, three point shooter. That's his jam. And Midori means green, so that's why his hair is green, uh, and that's his thing. Uh, then we meet um, Atsushi Murasakibara, who is a tall brick of wall of a man. He is six foot ten, and he is sixteen. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. Japanese and Japanese. So, so Murasakiro means uh um means purple. So his color's purple. His Mm -hmm. hair is purple, and his deal is that he's the tall center that like no one can get by. He's just uh, he's a a, in he's for perfect defense. Clogs the lane. He's a perfect lane clogger. He is the Lottie Divaj of uh (laughs) of Japanese 
high school basketball. Um, the next one we meet is Daiki Aomine. He's their ace. He's like the best of the miracles. He's Ao means blue, so he's the blue guy with blue hair. And um, his deal is that he can play street ball. He's unpolished, but he also is exceptional at like basketball. Like Allen Iverson. Yeah, basically, like can improvise, can do perfect like dribbling. He's just an imperfect player. And then the he's on the hand one tour. Yes, he's like the professor. You know, have you ever watched yeah. the professor do his like? I went to Miami and kicked the crap out of this this hater. That kind of thing. That's what that's who Aomine is. Yep. And then we meet Sei Judo uh, um, Akashi, who is Ak- Aka means red, um, and he's the captain. He's like the the mind of the team. Um, and his deal is that he has this thing we'll talk about later called Emperor's Eye, which means that he can figure out everything that's happening on the field, what they're going to do. And we'll talk about the Emperor's Eye in a little bit, but okay. so you got like the perfect shooter, the copycat, the, the, the wall defense in the middle, the, the exceptional ace and the, and the field right. general. And that's what makes up this amazing team. So, okay. yeah. So, um, so what do you think? So the next question I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to go into it a little bit more because we're going to play the game that we play every time we have a sports anime is how well does this represent basketball? I thought pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. I think, um, you know, it wasn't like you uh, people were like there was a, way too much dunking for high school players in my mind. But oh well, yeah, because high school players don't dunk. Like, uh, like literally. Well, let me rephrase. Sports, but they're not going mean, to dunk that often. I mean, we grew up in the suburbs, and you know, there's a certain makeup of our teams, and none none of them had the height yeah. to really do it. Because let's be honest, like I'm six two, and I could. I didn't have the ups to, to ever do it, you know. There are six footers who can dunk, but they're right. exceptional. You really need to right. get to like six three, six four, six five before you can get people who can throw down all the time. Right. Uh, so to just sort of have that in a uh, a country that's not known for its size prowess, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of unrealistic. But whatever, people like dunks. Chicks dig the long ball, you know, like. <laughs> So yeah, so I thought it represented well. I didn't think it cartoonized it like like Shield Twenty One did, right. and I, and like basketball is not too complicated of a sport, so I don't think they really needed to do that much extra to make it more exciting. Right. Um. But as you know, the show all these sports anime always has to have ridiculous non basketball things that they do. Okay. Some are relevant, some are not. So we're gonna do the game in which you're gonna hear what these moves are, mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me if a they're impossible. So this is no way this could ever be done. Then there's improbable, which means it's it's possible, but like why would you do it? it doesn't function well for the sport. Right. And then finally, it's possible and you should do it. Right. Okay. So that's basically it. It's it's impossible, probable, and and mm-hmm. you know, impossible basically. All right. Uh so the first thing is the zone. So the zone is a state of focused attention and energy that enhances one in performance. A Kagami does this as well as another player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically means that this person is like in this um, space of pure tenacity and competitive energy. And like, mm-hmm. they just don't think about anything else, but winning and scoring and doing all that stuff. Right. So in the way that, as they said, the, the way they represent the sport, everybody has like, they have like these kind of like, like light, light, like squinty sure. eyes and like lightnings flying out of it. And they look very ominous and stuff like that. So Garrett, Taking the totality of what I just explained to you, what do you think about how they represent the zone? Is it impossible, probable, or possible? Uh, definitely probable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about um, – I was watching 
some clip on TV the other day and it had uh, sort of in between the scenes of one of the NFL Sunday shows. Yeah. And Michael Strahan was on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was talking about early in his career how he would find a way to get mad. Mm. You know, he would find a way to get that in that zone where he was fierce, focused, mm-hmm. the task at hand, getting to the quarterback was the right. only thing that mattered. Um, if you talk to Michael Jordan or watch the documentary that came out uh, multiple times, he'll, he'll talk about like just feeling it or, or, you know, you, you get your, you start stroking it to the point where you're not missing a single shot and and you just, you sort of enter this higher plane and, and obviously it's not for everyone because it seems like only the elite hit this space. Yeah. And it, it might be more imagined than it is real, but as we know, the mind is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you can do it, a lot of times you can get yourself yeah. there. So I totally think the zone is a probable thing. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the idea of it, it just being visual representation rather than you're actually like Raiden and in, in, in lightning. Right. I think is just, is just perfectly suitable for the sake of the show. Sure, sure, sure. Next thing, the next two we're going to do is, is Kuroko's abilities. The first of which is called the Ignite Pass, which is an extension of his regular pass. Kuroko can move the ball even quicker, and he does this if his imperceptible pass can be intercepted at some point, where he receives the ball and then punches it directly to a free player. This way, the force behind the pass will increase greatly, and the ball moves much faster. So instead of how you normally, he normally gets the ball and he moves it quickly to another direction, he'll punch it in that direction yeah impossible improbable or possible garrett uh possible but dumb (laughs) like yeah of course you could punch a basketball but you don't have any level of accuracy that's true right like if anybody if everybody could punch or kick a basketball with any sort of success or kicking is illegal but like if you could do with any sort of success everybody would do it the only time you punch a basketball is if like someone's dribbling or they've got possession of the ball right you punch through it to knock it out out of their their possession but never anything that requires a level of accuracy like a pass especially one where in this game in this case like when you watch kuroko play he's able to like make a ball come straight at him, go 90 degrees in a different direction. So then he's like literally like punching across his face and making mm-hmm. it all fly away. Right. Like, so you're saying improbable for this one. Yeah. But kind of stupid. Yes. You can, you can, you can editorialize Garrett. It's totally fine to be no, like, you can improbable yet stupid. You will just not be playing very long. You will be riding that bench. Also, how many broken knuckles would you do doing that over time? Oh, jammed fingers. Oh, that would hurt so oh. bad. Oh, um, the next one is called the Phantom Shot. Mm-hmm. This is also Kuroko's uh, move. He passes like a normal player shoots with his wrist and fingertips. In this shot, he tries to do the same, but he passes it at the hoop. So, so it's an alley oop. No, he's he's shooting though. He's shooting to to score. So instead of going up, he's yeah. passing forward. So imagine a shot oh. that goes straight up towards the basket. But he's like kind of passing it forward. So, so you're saying he's got terrible fundamentals. Uh, it would be this would be terrible fundamentals because he's essentially slapping the ball into the into the rim. Yeah, like sumo slapping it up into the mm-hmm. air. It, but the thing that makes it special is that normally you can get the trajectory of a ball because they're usually lofting it up. They're giving it a hook. Right. Rokos goes straight, and so most people have trouble blocking that because it's coming like you know well over their hand under their hands. So okay. 
So what do you think? Impossible, probable, improbable, or probable? Improbable. <laughs> it, it is what you say. Like a lot of the times when they do these kind of like fancy schmancy uh, abilities, it's really just bad techniques. It's like really making a potty shot seem like a really yeah. good move. Like, oh my God, he has such accuracy because he shoots from in between his legs. <laughs> And he basket tosses, and they make it seem so fancy, but really, it's like hunters, man. you're just a ter- <laughs> you're just a terrible player. Um, and then, so that so that's two improbables for poor Kuroko. Uh, next, we're going to go to Aomine, who is our our street ball mm-hmm. ace. Um, he has what's called the formless shot. Uh, this is apart from his ball handling and speed. Aomine can get a shot off from essentially any position on the court. One of his signature shots, the formless shot, is where Aomine lowers his posture to bypass the defense as he shoots when his body is nearly parallel to the ground. So this so, is essentially like flopping backwards, and at the almost the point of falling out on the ground, he shoots from there, and he can make a basket from there. Impossible problem. I mean, that should only happen if you're trying to like draw a foul on a three-pointer, right? And you're like going down with the foul and flopping, you throw yeah. it up. So that you you get credit, you know, you get three shots at the line. Right. Other than that, it's improbable. It's improbable, and not only that, but like, how do you, how do you of these things give it any level of accuracy? Right. It, it 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 it's more like hindering you than it does like make your opponent less able to block it. Right. Like, there's many ways that you can make a person not block. You can do a sky hook, which which you know okay. keeps the person's away from you with your body. Easy fade away. A fade away is done. Every time, right, and it's a perfect way of make, keep making you, you. You can juke and you and take juke. them out. You can get around them with a layup. Like those are all things you can do. The like the idea of literally like doing a pratfall and then shooting yep. just seems silly to me. I, I know that we're only halfway through this, but they should have given someone an ability where their juke move was so quick that it could literally like break or sprain the ankle of the person. Oh. That's one of Akashi's moves. He, he did oh, oh, okay. Sorry. They called the break ankuru, and uh, <laughs> it's not one of the ones I use because I don't think that's I don't I think that's possible because everybody does the break angle like that. Right. It's a it's a it's a very common thing, especially in and one merchandise. Like where there's like I, I speaking of and one merchandise, I had one and one T-shirt where it was a Rottweiler with a backwards cap mm-hmm. and a and a, like a baggy shirt and a gold chain. Yeah, like. I broke your ankles and like the dog with his paws did like a gang symbol and stuff like that. And I, and I was such a nerd too. So like this kid with a bowl cut and glasses, like wearing his and one t-shirt. Oh boy. I didn't know. Uh. So, and then finally we're going to talk about Akashi's emperor eye, which I mentioned mm-hmm. before. It's honestly kind of like the charring gun <laughs> in that he can see the smallest details of a person's movements, including their breathing, heartbeat, Sweat, muscle contractions, etc. With this, he can time his actions perfectly to nullify the opponent's movements, sabotaging Mm -hmm. whatever tactics the opponent was trying to execute. Mm -hmm. In short, he can see the future of his opponent's uh, moves before they do it. So he can kind of like predict his his player. So what do you think? Is is the Emperor Eye a thing? Yeah, I think the Emperor Eye, more than the previous two or three things, is... When you talk to the greatest athletes in any sport, they will tell you that when they're in that zone, yeah, it feels like the game slows down. Right, when right. The right. game slows down. You can 
you perceive what other people are doing. You can, you can see, um, you might not remember this movie. Um, was it Invincible? It was Mark Wahlberg is the guy trying to get on the Philadelphia Eagles in the 1970s. Oh, uh, uh, what was the name of that movie? Um, with Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah, it was actually, it I like it because I like um, Elizabeth Banks. Like, yeah, and also like Rudy Stahl movies. But, like, but he's doing this drill that's in almost every movie. It's in Rudy. Uh-huh where you know you're playing king of the mountain where you have to go up against two linemen going up against one another and he gives a guy a hint who's been beating him up in practice yeah. and he grabs him and he brings him down to the ground and he says what color are my knuckles oh yeah what color are my knuckles because by per- being able to perceive where the weight was he could tell what that guy's move was going to be. So I think Emperor's Eye is actually far more realistic than the previous two. Certainly the formless shot. Yeah. (laughs) So the next one is, the last one we're going to do is called the Sky Direct three-point shot. Uh, And this is one that Midorima does. um, And he does it in coordination with another person. It consists of Midorima shooting without the ball. And during the process of shooting, receives the ball in his hand. If the pass goes... Pre-setting for the arrival and of the in ball. In the air with his hand in where he's going to shoot the ball. The ball then enters into his his like sh- his launcher, essentially. Yeah. And he shoots his perfect three-point. I mean, I, I guess because what, what you're really just exaggerating is a quick release. It's like you got a guy who's open uh, – just beyond the arc and you just wing the ball to him real quick. And he's trying to get it in and out of his hands as quickly as possible. Right. And they're just like sort of comically exaggerating that. Right. Right. So right. I, it's possible. I'm certainly probably not to the effect that this show uses it, but the concept is possible to me. Right. So ultimately like we didn't see any impossibles, which is good it means that this, it's a lot more true to form than other games would be. Um, and so I think for me, it's a good show. Ultimately, it's a show that does basketball very well. I think it benefits from having good crisp animation. I think the main character, the fact that it's like a buddy, it's like a buddy show more than it is a, you know, I show 21, you know, I'm the guy that's going to beat everybody. It's kind of more of a team-based ga- uh, show. Oh, no, this totally nice. feels like it has fleshed out relationships. Right. And like the kind of Mega Man aspect of it where like you're be- beating bosses as you play yeah. the game. It's kind of fun, and how would you approach beating a six foot ten center or right. a guy who who can hit half point three pointers every time? Like, how would you beat that person? So, I think for me, it, it, that's also really exciting, and it does add enough drama for a show. But one thing that I like about sports anime is that the stakes are never so high that I get stressed out. I love watching anime, a sports anime, especially when I need a relaxing read mm-hmm. or watch, and that's and this is one of them. Let's talk about the game that I didn't watch in its entirety. So as these... Sports, I was going to step into so, that too, yeah. So as these sports anime go, there's always a next challenge, right? right exactly. I mean, you can never just be like, hey, we play 33 games in a season, 20 of them are going to be easy because there's not that great yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. So they have to join... They're going to have to be like a bad team plus, like there's something that they have to still hurdle over to get past right. that team. Yeah. So, so the whole point of this is to get into some like inter-high school tournament yeah. and get to the end, and you're going to have to inevitably go across all these generations of miracle dudes. But before you get there, the play-in game of the tournament and their next hurdle 
is literally a black guy. <laughs> yes. And he's from Senegal, which no yeah. one knew what it was. They and very racistly talked about his name. They couldn't get his name right, so they decide to call him dad. <laughs> his name is Papa Mbaye, which I could pronounce. I don't think that's too hard to say. But because no. his name was Papa, they decided to call him Otolsan, which means dad. So yeah. I thought it was funny. I don't know. This, and this, is, this is what I wanted to put to the end because I think it's something that we have to kind of get a little touch in in general. Right. Going to the main crux of it is he's a Senegalese player. He's six foot ten, but we really need to get a space on how black people are portrayed in anime. Japanese anime doesn't portray black people very well in at all, if at all. Um, I would say it's almost problematic the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if remember, if you watched, we watched the last episode. We watched Bakano. I was very much taken back by the like lips of one of the black characters. Was very like. You know, uh, what's the? It's like blackface almost. The the right. kind of caricature that they did mm-hmm. in vaudeville that men would that, that that white actors would do, and they still kind of do that in in um in mm-hmm. Japan, and they did that here. And also, like you know, how I jokingly say that when they every foreigner kind of has the same voice, like yeah. no matter what country, like Senegal sounds very different than how we speak in the United States. But he's very like Harry Gitter. He's very like <laughs> like oh, you guys are very weak. Hey, wait, I remember you heard. Like, it's very, like, they try to, like, accentuate R's and stuff like that to make them sound right. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you're from Shinnegirl. <laughs> That's what he sounded like to me. And also, like, I feel like if I'm a Senegalese person or just someone from another country, I don't think I would be as, like, it's also the same voice actor that they use for the dumb characters. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. Like, it's mm-hmm. that same, like, you know, eat the dicky Like, they did that same voice, and it kind of annoyed me. And like, I don't know, I, I feel like Japan needs to do better in that. And I always don't dislike when they have black characters. I don't think they do it well. They don't give it as mm-hmm. much respect in giving the history. So I don't know. What did you think, man? Uh, I did find, I found it comical in an inappropriate way in that literally the next hurdle is not necessarily someone with a super skill, but just literally a tall black guy from Africa that they brought on to because you can each team can have up to like two international two players, players. Yeah, two foreign players and it was just it was almost kind of honest about itself that mm-hmm. everyone thinks they're playing real games and then they basically brought a real player in yeah you know someone that they would really come across in basketball and they gonna whoop them butts yeah. you know and and so i mean for me i just i don't know it was it was an interesting way of thinking about it i know like the idea of like basketball being about the your stats like your size like it, mm-hmm. if you want to be competitive in basketball you have to be tall you right. can't not like you have the mugsy bugs which are like five foot ten or whatever and still do yeah. well but you'd have to be exceptional at everything else yeah like like, like top tier exceptional at everything yeah yeah because there's someone out there who's just as good but they're three inches taller right or you can, like lebron james is good because he's a physical specimen like he's a he is a beast of a man he's six ten you know, he's humongous. Mm-hmm. He's a huge dude and he's beefy and he's just really good at sports. So yeah. I'm going to ask you the question that I always want to watch. I ask you every episode is, would you keep watching? Are would you keep watching Kuroko no Basuke? Knowing that, like I've thrown a bunch on you anyway, say this was like the first one I showed you. Mm-hmm. Would you keep watching it? I would finish a season and go no further. Okay. I would want to see that, how that first arc comes to completion or right. they, they can, cont- or how they're going to cliffhanger you to the right. next season. But then I would see no need to continue. Yeah. Uh, I would say that this show has a good length 
It doesn't, it doesn't overextend itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and every game has its own arc and it has really good um, motives per show. It's not like the same, uh, you know, things that you're trying to like rehash over the course of the episode. So um, I, I, I read it all the way through. Um, this is my first time watching this show. Like I pretty much read mm-hmm. it. So this is one of the manga ones I've had. Yep. Um, and I would say that as a sports anime, it's really good. I think the next question I'm going to ask you, and this okay. is something, this is going to be a long running one is, where does this rank on the sports anime that you've watched so far? So we got Prince of Tennis, we mm-hmm. got iShield 21, and we got Kuroko no Basuke. Which one, what's your one, two, three right now? This is number one. Okay. I think it's got the most rounded characters. It, it, I think it does what iShield 21 and Prince of Tennis do, do mm. but better. Yeah. With better execution. Right. Um, you know, I grew up playing tennis. I want to enjoy Prince of Tennis, but the more like I reflect back on it, like it was just the absurdity of it, you know, creating shots that weren't possible. And even the things that we just went over, they're just sort of exaggerations and, and maybe they wouldn't be the best thing, but they're all things that could like, well, with they're all things that could physically be done. Right, right, exactly. Um, and iShield 21, you know, I found it entertaining, particularly the sort of Roger from Doug quarterback that like Inuma is the best, is the best character. Yeah, I I, I I'm gonna put that at second because okay. I wanted to watch him. Yeah. It's a funny show. I, I always like laughed watching High Shield 21. And I think right. that was always the big thing. I think Prince of Tennis is pretty dull. I think that's my three. And then but also you you played that's like probably one of the sports you played the most, and so I think you probably have a higher like that that had a higher hurdle to meet if you wanted to watch it more, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the last thing we do on every episode is what we call our Weebin Noob score. Uh, for those who need to know, this is basically Garrett and I's ranking on how we would prioritize it. Um, basically, mm-hmm. how you would, as a new fan, teach treat it. Like, if you're a new fan, is this someone to get? If it's a high score, uh, it means go watch it. It's going to really inform you as to what a certain genre is, what a certain history history of the shows are. Mm-hmm. For Weeb, it's like in your total digest, you have this huge library that you want to get. Is this one you tackle first? So that's the idea. It, it measures priority, not if it's good or not, because I like to show, I always like to say, watch what we introduce. They're all going to be good. Go right. Uh, so for this, let's let's switch it up again, Garrett. What do you give your noob score for uh, Kuroko no Basuke? 6.5. Okay. And the reason I'm surprised by that. that. I thought you were going to go a little higher in this one because well, I given. Well, other- here, I mean, it could float up to a seven, hmm. but. What brought it down was is, um, in terms of what it is, a sports anime, Yeah, it's an eight. Right, right. But you always ask that we also include in, like, the lexicon and the universe of anime, how important is it that you watch this? Yeah. And I don't think it's that important. I mean, if you want to say, as a student of anime, I want to tick off all the boxes therefore I have to watch something in every genre, then yeah, you know, it, it creeps up. But I, I don't think it's that like important mm. or game changing or right. anything like that. All right. So, you know, you talked me up seven. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so for my weave score, I give this my weave score of eight. Okay. Um, and I'm going specifically because as a weave, it is going to matter what genre it is and it's going to matter how, how good it is as at that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so my score is going to reflect that. And I think Kuroko Nobasuke, knowing that it's on the top of the list for most people and that it's not 
stupid, silly, uh, jokes around with the, with the genre. It has humor, but doesn't, but it also has some real intense moments. It has stakes, but it doesn't go too crazy into it. Right. It's going to be a enjoyable experience. So if you're specifically looking for a sports anime, I would say add it to your top two or three that you put in your, in your Crunchyroll queue. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. If, if not, and you, you're, and you're thinking that's why for me, it's kind of like a, like a more pedestrian eight is as Garrett said, like you don't need to watch it. It doesn't do anything spectacularly, nor does it do anything that really re- makes you rethink what anime could be. So yeah, as mm-hmm. you said, Garrett, like you may maybe talk me down a little bit from what maybe my original score would be. It's like, it's a good show. It's a good time. There's no stakes in watching it. And like, yep. like episodic stuff, you can pick it up. You can put it down. You can start with one game. Right. Once the game's over, put the show away for a few episodes. So that's the way I look at it. For sure. For sure. So um, as we reach uh, minute 40 of our game, quarter four is and Garrett and I have reached the buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. We have one more shot to hit, and that means getting your thoughts. Is Kuroko no Basuke the kind of show that you think is on the top of your sports anime list? Did you enjoy it for its art? Did you enjoy it for the characters and the relationship they had? Or did you think it was just your run-of-the-mill sports anime and basketball is not all that interesting? Please let us know in the comments below because we really want to continue the conversation, especially as it talks pertains to this genre of sports anime. Um, we also would un- want to invite you to check us out on Instagram at Walmart Podcast. Also, check out our anchor.fm slash Walmart Podcast if you want the audio of this. It also gives a five-star review. It would really help us out and will allow people to see our show. Uh, finally, you can follow us on Twitter at weeb underscore noob. Um, otherwise, you know, we really want to hear what other shows you think we should watch, especially in this genre. But before we end the show, Garrett, what are some final thoughts you have of Kuroko no Basuke? I wish I was good at something in my life that I, too, could be considered the generation of miracles. Yes. So Gary and I are going to be copying each other's moves, shooting from, fly, uh, from half court, you know, doing misdirection passes by punching the basketball. All in all, to wish you all great. See you next week. He's heating up. <laughs>